Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, everybody, this time, seriously, we're going to talk about the spring mistakes that we make in our gardens. I'm not going to derail it. I promise you we're going to stay on track. But um, I hope everybody got valuable information out of that one. Um, can you think of that one being last week last when we yeah. went off t- uh, subject, but ended up having a very, very interesting conversation? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you- Check that out if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was a good one. And it, it's funny, it's it's rung in my head throughout the spring season, so uh, we are definitely going to talk about spring mistakes because there are a few of those to be had. But just because I, did, I derailed us last time, I'm going to have Batavia go first this time and tell us her <laughs> top mistakes, so there is no chance of that happening. So I'm going to repeat the same question and answer that I'm certain I shared last time when we were still in the first six minutes of the episode and still talking about spring mistakes. And a young Ben said something along the lines of, have you ever made spring mistakes in your garden? And I said, every time I garden in the spring, um, this is, it's new to me, right? You know, so a third of the time I've been gardening, I've probably gardened in the spring, you know, so going back to my first garden in 2008, um, I think my first real spring garden probably was like 2019, 2020 or something. Yeah. 2020 probably. Um, And there's a learning curve. So, so yeah, I I got a list of mistakes here. (laughs) You know, when you want me to start. (laughs) Well, what's your, what's your, oh, I I do want to say this before we get started. Um, You will be happy to know that we are going to get a freeze tonight. So there you go. I saw a video um, over on Sandy Bottom Homestead on YouTube is my my buddy's YouTube channel here. And you were in you were head on glasses. I know for the sun, head on shades, a tank top and shorts. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, at some point you really for your viewers to just be hot and like put on a sweater because it I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm watching it on a Saturday morning as I'm looking at the snow here in Chicago. But in that video, you mentioned a freeze coming up. I'm just like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, 
You know, I didn't think I mean, it was coming because I had posted something a while back about like, hey, there's a weather pattern moving in and it should be in like a week or two. There's a high po- probability that, you know, in my area, we're going to get a freeze, which, you know, for a lot of other people, there could be a freeze. And I started to wonder, man, because it got warmer and warmer. And then I'm like, oh, I got to break out the tank top. Oh, well, here we go. Got the shorts on. I even broke a sweat one day and then bam, it happened. So, um, you know, it just creeps. It's like every year it's the same thing. It just kind of creeps up on you. And it's sad. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I almost felt like in the moment, like we need to clarify when you say freeze. Is it the same thing I mean when I say freeze? Because no, in all seriousness, it's uh, one of my favorite terms of yours, the heartbreak zone. Like that's exactly the reason why. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've gotten probably... You know, looking at, you know, mid-May, I think this comes out at, I think this is like two weeks in the spring when this comes out. Um, And we have had like over the course of this winter, like maybe a high of 60 where it basically takes the entire day to climb Mm -hmm. to 60. You get it for a second and then it's going back down to freezing that night. And all things, you know, considered the winter has been mild. It hasn't been like uber cold. We haven't seen a lot of nights and days below zero. I've only shoveled a handful of times and I told a, a buddy I worked with yesterday, but I'm still not thankful. I still begrudge winter in Chicago. I still hate <laughs> it all. Uh, but I think weather and like um, m- uh, mispredicting, like not taking care with what your weather is, is probably one of the bigger mistakes. And it cuts both ways for me. It's the being afraid that, you know, it's not time and then planting late. And then being too eager and doing things early. Yeah. Which one do you think is the, um, you know, of the two of those, which one do you think is the most prevalent, you know, waiting too late or, or starting stuff too early? Gosh, that's hard. I want to say naturally it's, you know, too early. Yeah. Uh, meaning also getting things out too early, but there's something to be said about, some plants where you have a small window of time and missing that window. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with, I told you before we started, um, I, I have a one year ago reminder in my phone and I was looking at hardening things off, which I remember saying, I did it like a short video or something saying like, it's kind of early to be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Cause I had started things back in January of last year. We were in mid March and I was just like, I'm ready to get these things outside. Now I don't think there was much loss last year, but it created this extra friction as you describe it, this extra layer of support and, you know, the needs, like I wasn't planting it in mid March. Yeah. I was just like, I'm tired of it being inside. Let me get this outside, right? Um, definitely more work than I really wanted to do, Yeah, if I could sum it up in a sense. Well, sentence. the care is a lot easier when you put things outside, too. I mean, you just mm-hmm. turn the water hose on or something and just spray it down. When you're in the house, you got to be careful and mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of room. So I, I get that. But, you know, just because you're ready doesn't mean the plants are ready. Yeah. yeah. You know? And there's also a bit of... Un- underestimating the time it takes to acclimate even with cold weather cold hardy plants the time it takes to acclimate going outside compared to i think summer plantings yeah you know um so there we oh go ahead i'm sorry 
That's okay. We say things like, you know, as long as they're cold hardy, you should be fine, but they're still baby plants. Yeah. They're still, you know. Well, and that's exactly right. I mean, just because it's a cold hardy plant, you still have to adjust it to that outside temperature. So, for instance, tonight it's going to get to 30, supposedly 31. I would be surprised if it gets down in the upper 20s. Um, You know, I don't have to cover anything in my actual garden. Or anything that I've hardened off because they've been out plenty. They've had temperature fluctuations and stuff like that. But I don't dare put anything out today. You know, because you're just asking for failure at that point. So, um, you know, that is something to be said. Now, I will say this. There was a time when I would say that it was planting things too early for our listeners Mm-hmm. But I know based on messages and comments and pictures and all this stuff that a lot of people are doing multi-seasonal gardening here mm-hmm. and they're even starting in the spring. So I would say it's the putting stuff out too late would hmm. be, that's my opinion, which I mean, mm-hmm. you can take or leave it if you want. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. Um, but that is something that's, you know, I have seen in the past and I'm, I'm myself this year, I'm actually not guilty of, I don't think. But um, in the past, I have done that where it's like, oh, yeah. And then by the time you get it out, I mean, hell, it's already, you know, 60 degrees at night. You, I mean, you've missed the whole window. So that's a big thing. And I know well, that look- like for some of the people listening, this could be a little late. But there's a lot of people now that are just now getting into the snow melting and, you know, the dreaded mud mm-hmm. season and stuff like that. So yeah. there's a so my answer was what I thought the population w- would experience. Oh, OK. Know. OK. But so now to answer it for myself, I mean, come on, if you've ever heard my story, you know, I'm always like reluctant. You know, it's like July 1st. I'm like, I don't know if these tomatoes are safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit of an exaggeration. Not um, really. I mean, it, it is kind of true. Did I show you the, did I send you the picture where it's like July 4th weekend? I was like clearing the weeds yeah. that had grown all spring and the early part of summer. And then I'm like, let me put these starter plants in the ground and see what happens. Um, that only happened, you know, two or three or five times. Um <laughs> I think I think there's a part of on one hand, the good side of if it's late, generally, I think that I have a a more sound plant. Now, again, what it does when it gets out there, you know, you know, we'd figure out. But one of the things around too early and this also comes from, um, you know, I'm only I've been sowing seeds since like direct sowing seeds probably since like you know, 2018 or something, 17. So it's been a number of years. So generally for the things I've sown for those years, I feel good about it. Starting seeds indoors also goes back to 2020. So all of those years beforehand, it was, you know, purchasing transplants and then a few years on the latter end of that uh, direct sowing, but starting seeds indoors. And there's some things I feel very confident about, but I mean, that's only, this is only the fourth year. And I say it like I don't consider myself an expert. And the example I want to give is looking at the top of a plant and thinking, oh, okay," but not recognizing that the root system may not be really developed. So that goes back to is a plant ready to go outside and you think, "Okay, it's fine. It's a cold, hardy plant, you know, and it, it has like five or six true leaves, you know, but you end up pulling that thing out of that pot. You're like, oh, what, 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 you know, yeah. Oh, oh, you're going to have a, a time trying to 
to get adjusted to you know the cold harsh world you know um so yeah that's um i don't necessarily well yeah it's i'm gonna call it a mistake I'm trying to write something. Putting down. a plant that's too young. I see it. Putting a plant that's too young out. And it's that's I think it comes with experience. Damn, how many are you gonna go through at once? No, this is I was trying to summarize what it was. I was giving you time oh. to finish your, your notes here. <sighs> I mean, I could just stop talking and we could just have dead air if that's what you want. My pen is dry as a desert, so it don't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna have to just read my scratches. No, that was actually one of them. Um I did a video recently about like top seedling mistakes. And that was one of them where, and I actually had a guy come by and he bought some um, plants from me not too long ago and we were talking. Every time somebody comes by to buy plants, it ain't like going to a store. It's like, all right, thanks. Like I ended up talking to him for like 30, 45 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that like his problem is, is he'll start the plant and then he'll see it come up and then he'll pull it up and try and up pot it. And it's like, no, don't do that. Like, leave mm -hmm. it in. And I mean, I didn't say it to him like that. But in general, it's like, leave it in the pot. You will be surprised in a little six pack how big your plants get before the roots fill up the dirt inside of that six cell. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy how big they can get. And then you up pot them. And mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, I think you got to let the plants just get really comfortable. And when you do that, you start to realize how long it takes a plant to progress in your garden as well. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot mm -hmm. that goes into it. So when you pull it up and you're like, ah, oh, there's not a lot of roots Now you don't want to pull them up when they're wrapping around and they're circling, you know, you, you kind of got want to find that sweet spot. But if I had to pick, I would rather have them circling than I would just a little bit of root because there's nothing to hold that plant in the ground. So that's like a big mistake some people make. And I even see, I've seen it when you go to the store and you buy a transplant, especially like, now we're getting off the season, but like squash transplants and stuff. And there will be like no root. It's just all leaves. And then you're like, well, mm. what the hell? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this plant's mm -hmm. clearly like four days old. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's been germinated for four days and we're already mm -hmm. buying it. So, I mean, I think that's a big mistake that people make. And it's just like, be patient and let it sit there and grow. And then you can start to feel the bottom of that pot. And when it gets a little bit hard, then you know that, hey, and you can even pull up. And if you can pull the whole plant and everything out of it when it's a little bit mm -hmm. dry, then you know that it's filled up. So, that's, that's like a, a big tip that I could give people. That's such a good one because, um, and I'm going to, I think it's going to be like, if that's three... This is 3B. Um, <laughs> watch, I'm going to say it. He's going to be like, nope, it's four. It's a whole separate thing. It's, you know, kind of treating all plants the same. Like, you know, so all the, That's the kind of... That's four. Of course it is. <laughs> Leonard! <laughs> when you gave me these notes, you should have numbered them properly. Um, so if I go back to, oh, I think I understand how tomato plants work. Yeah. You know, when you start them from seed, I know the growth structure. I think I got this right. And how I treat them compared to how I may treat an herb or something that's growing from seed. I believe I am guilty of potting things up too early. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to go ahead and just take five since you insisted this wasn't 3B and say, you know, I, I think five would be doing things even though they don't need to be done <laughs> you know? so, and that's yeah. like a global thing right you know feeling the need you get antsy right you know it's like watching a pot of water boil um 
you want to do a thing. And so you feel like, all right, let me go ahead and pile all of these up. And sometimes I compare it to when I'm in the like nursery centers, more so than like the big box stores. They have all of those little bitty six packs, you know, and it's a full on plant and it's a little bitty six pack. For eons, when I used to buy collard green transplants, which I still do and I hope to do this year, uh, when I buy collard green transplants, a lot of times they were in that a four pack or something. Itty bitty plant, you know, like there's only so much soil in there and they were just fine. They grew just fine when I got them into my garden. Uh, so the question becomes, what am I doing in my grow area where I, I feel like I need to pot them up? You know, them being whatever the vegetable is. Yeah, you know, this year I've tested out a number of sizes of seed cells, and I've been fairly impressed with it. Um, each each plant has needs its own cell size, if you ask me in my professional opinion. I don't know if you can call it professional or not, but we're just going to go with that word. Um, you know, like the bigger plants, you know, you want to put your summer stuff in and then this are the bigger cells and then the smaller cells, you know, I put the onions in and I'll put flowers and stuff like that in. And then I got medium ones and I've been testing mm-hmm. all these different ones and I'm starting to find my groove with it. And as I get into starting now my full summer plants, I'm starting to see the difference and I'm realizing like, Hey, these little cells, they're not really cutting the mustard for me right now. You know what I mean? Like I can, I I can put some things in them and not, but that all comes in due time. And for a long time, I mean, dude, I started stuff in yogurt cups. Like I would, I would Mm -hmm. go to work and be like, Hey, let me get all your y'all's yogurt cups. You know, I'd be digging Mm -hmm. in the recycling bin, take a stack of them, jam a drill down through it and make my own potting stuff. So, um, you know, but over potting, is another thing too when it comes to that and this is going to be a, a 1b for me i'm still on one i'm falling <laughs> way behind <laughs> hey real quick a guy i work with it's he told me yesterday he said something like all right so you know you're filibustering me like, yeah. he's like i know your strategy just keep on talking and then people forget what their questions and their points were and i'm just like you understand me as an adult better than anyone else that's why i got my pen to work everybody mm-hmm but um, yeah, it's just over potting and potting up too quickly. Like all of those things kind of go together and I get it. It's like, I mean, dude, there can sometimes there's nothing more painful than watching a seedling grow on your grow shelf, like just waiting and waiting and waiting. But then when it finally grows and you start feeding it and stuff like that, you need to be on top of it, which goes into my number two. And that is you need to feed your plants in the spring and you need to feed them very heavily. Um, I know that Batavia doesn't like to feed much because she's got magic soil that just does amazing. But for me, I have found that a feeding of like fish fertilizer and stuff like that, which I'll go ahead and give you an addendum to that. Do it outside if you can, because it smells like crap. But um, just a light feeding can do so much to speed up the process. And I can take my plants... So, for instance, I sell them at farmer's markets. So, I have certain times and when they need to come out, I can push the growth based on how much I feed it to get it ready to be up-potted. Or I can withhold from it to slow it down as needed as well. So, I can do both of these things when I'm raising my seedlings and stuff like that. And the same thing goes in the garden. So you have stuff that just requires like a lot of feeding, like cabbages, broccolis, cauliflowers, um, 
bok choy. That's something that I'm growing this year, which I'm actually doing pretty good with. You know, all of those you want to really feed heavy. And I'm sure there's others. But then you have stuff like lettuce and radishes that don't really need a whole lot of feeding. So you don't want to feed those very heavy, right? You want to give them their growth, give them their push and let them rest for a little while. And then you can give them a push. And as it gets warmer and you're like, I don't know, then you can push them some more of that liquid fertilizer that'll feed them right away and they'll grow. So that's a big one right there. I think personally that can really help is once you kind of figure out that process and organic fertilizers are easier because you don't have to be as precise with them. Like a synthetic fertilizer, I mean, you can easily burn a plant up. So you've got to be very careful and get your measurements like spot on. But for an organic fertilizer or something, you can be very loose with that. And you can, you know, you can put a little bit actually, you don't have to be right on point. And on when I'm on the inside, I mean, I, on that video, I still, I did like a little splash. Just mm-hmm. a splash of the fer- fertilizer in the watering can makes all the difference in the world. So... Don't not feed your plants and know that some of them, especially onions, need to be fed very heavily in the spring because they're just growing nothing but greens. You really want to like feed them and feed them, get them really going. Yeah, I'm not buying it. But this is one of those things where I accept that I'm probably wrong. I'm just being stubborn, you know, so I do. um, I plead the fifth. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do use a liquid fertilizer. It's, um, it's the fish and seaweed fertilizer, mm-hmm. begrudgingly so for my indoor seedlings. Um, do you see any difference when you use it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I think that I kind of have blinders on because I'm kind of like you know I don't believe in this. Sh- you know, but I'm gonna do it just in case. Um, see, I've I noticed that, that I see when I. Use- I don't know that I. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know that I really see a difference um, because there's also it's not like I have, you know, a dozen years of knowing kind of the progression of these plants either. Yeah. You know, so if I was supportive of it, I probably would be like, oh, yeah, look at the difference. Yeah. You know, and I'm not doing any kind of, you know, this tray. I'm not going to feed in this tray. I'm going to feed and see what happens because um, I'm not interested in being proven wrong. there is that you know for me i've noticed that when i feed my plants it takes about three days and i can noticeably see growth coming out of them Mm -hmm. Um, i really paid attention to it this year because i wanted to make sure i was kind of like you i was like i don't know if it works but whatever but i kind of switched up my soil that i was using and it had like zero nutrients in it and i noticed like once i started feeding them like there was exponential growth that occurred So then I know like, okay, I need to wait a little bit, you know, because now I'm judging how big are these going to get before I get them out. And even when I go, when they go outside and they're nice and comfortable in the ground, same thing, I'll push, you know, I got that, uh, I've been trying out this injector system on my new irrigation and I'm so far I'm liking it. I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't really see it go in, so it is what it is, but it's injecting it directly into the roots of the plant. And I mean, as soon as I do it, I've got the best growth that I've had in a while in spring. Now, my weather is having a lot to do with that. So there is that aspect as well. Yeah, I think um, I think you I saw this in one of your videos, the bit around maybe. Yeah, you were talking about going out of town and and, um, you know, being careful around fertilizing in advance of that. And the piece that I, I think this is you, but anyway, the piece around pushing a lot of top growth, Mm -hmm. leaf growth, 
and you know the leaves haven't caught up with the roots yeah does it sound like something you said yeah 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 i've probably said something like that but i've said a lot of things mm, yeah 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 but i uh, mean it resonated with me for whatever well that's good the reason was that day yeah i remembered it kind of sort of um i think that i mean can i transition off of seedlings yeah because that's what i was if, gonna do if you're on one does this make it two for me then whatever man no just go yeah so the next one is um one of my favorites and i'm already ready to do it this year um adding more garden projects to your list and you really have time and or energy and or money to to do yeah too many garden <laughs> projects yep know Which I all think about probably that one. Be one of the first videos it'll be one of the first videos y'all see on, on my youtube channel be better garden um I'll talk about my garden projects, which I already know. There's probably too, too many. How many do you have? Give us a number. Probably like five. Ugh. Or seven. That makes me tired thinking about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. But when you sit in, you know, in my area for months, you know, kind of dreaming up of what you want to do and what you didn't do last year and, you know, there's all of this fantastical, oh, the garden's going to look this way. And I bet I'd have a great garden if I absolutely changed nothing. No new projects. Work with what I have, you know. Yeah, that's a good challenge for somebody, though, is like, don't do a project this year. Not you, Mm -hmm. but just in general. Like, maybe you should just grow. You know, I've gone on and said, like, I am not expanding my garden this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm going to just grow, get to know it, have fun with it, whatever it is, what it is. Um, I want to. I want to expand. But then at the same time, like, I need to really hammer in what I'm doing. So it's got to take I it down think, a notch. I think I want to be at a place where it's like, got it. Right. Just step out there and, and, and start <clears throat> growing. There are no adjustments to be yeah. made. I think I want that. But clearly every year that in these last few years, every year, it's kind of like I'm driven to do something different. So I don't know if that's really my if my true intention is to not have something new. I think there's some excitement and, and, and satisfaction out of a tweak here and a tweak there. Yeah. Even though, again, sometimes I begrudge it depending on the day that you catch me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's a, a dynamite one. Um, I'm going to give you my next one and let's not trip. We're talking about spring plants, not summer plants. So plant your spring plants on time. Don't get all excited and throw your tomatoes out on the first warm day and be like, here it is. We got this. It's, it's really important in spring. Like a lot of people, myself included, like in this, the season of spring, I can, in fact, plant out my summer garden, but in early spring, we need to be focusing on our spring vegetables. So that means, you know, all of your brassicas and stuff like that. Leave out the squashes, leave out the peppers, leave out the tomatoes, all the stars that you've dreamed about and plant the not so sexy plants that are going to make it through the spring and actually give you a harvest with less stress. Uh, it's like I stated earlier, we're going to be having a freeze tonight and I am not worried at all about anything in my garden. I don't have to, Mm -hmm. I am not concerned about anything getting frozen or covering or anything. And there's something to be said about that. So make sure that you're planting the correct 
plant for the time of year you're in and be very realistic about it. I know somebody down the road that's got tomatoes in the plant in the garden right now. And guess what? Tomorrow morning, they will not have tomatoes. <laughs> they, they just won't. It doesn't matter. Even if you cover your tomatoes, your young tomato that you put out, and it does make it, you're still going to have die-off on those leaves. So the guarantee mm-hmm. that I'm going to say is if you wait to put them in at the appropriate time, you're actually going to outgrow those people that got them in earlier that had that die-off and stuff like that on the plants because now the plant has to put in energy to recover and grow again where I don't have that problem. And if you wait, you won't have that problem. So make sure you're planting the right vegetable for the right season. It can get very confusing this time of year. Fall is kind of a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of clear, but this time of year it can be really hard because I I I know... Go ahead. What do you think? No, I mean, I feel like there's... There's a little bit, I agree with you, but I feel like there is a little bit of broken recordness to it. I feel like there's a little bit of like even preachiness. And I wonder, um, but I would give the same message if I was talking to someone. I wonder if like, is this, you got to burn your hand on the stove. Like to really, you know, to really get it, you kind of have to experience a loss. I'm not saying everyone receives this information in the same way, but it's such a tough thing because there is no global date. You know, go plant tomatoes now, you know, go plant, you know, cabbage now. It doesn't work that way. Um, And, you know, I think that even with the best intentions, you know, these are the people we love, too, because you're so anxious to get out there and get growing. Right. You know, um, in some cases, you or I may be like, I need to get beyond this. I need to get this thing in the ground so I can move on to the next thing. So there's a bit of that, you know, from a time management perspective. It's a hard message to hear because... I feel like every year I'm going to experience it in my garden. Every year I'm going to be the person you're talking to for at least one or two vegetables, you know. Which ones? Mm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think I've also I've continually uh, tossing it back and forth when it comes to like potatoes. I think that those semi hardy vegetables are hard. Yeah. You know, um, as an aside, I had the worst time starting celery. I've had success these last couple of years starting celery, but I have to restart celery. And I'm just like, ugh. yeah, you know, but anyway, um, I think those semi hearty vegetables, I think things like your bok choy, which I saw is kicking butt. I think those vegetables are hard for me because they're not definitely sitting in like the early part of spring. And I know they're not sitting in summer, you know. Yeah, um, they got to be in that sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think those are hard for me because I, in my mind, are like, I mean, I got enough seeds to sow these even like consistently. And so at some point I'll get the harvest that I want if I sow them for, you know, six weeks straight every week. But I don't have the discipline to do that for many vegetables. Right. You know, so so that one's hard. Broccoli continues to be hard for me as well. Um, you know, so. I went out and I sowed probably a month ahead of when I well, not, not so let me rephrase it I planted a month ahead of from when I would normally have done it 
Mm-hmm. And my results have been very positive so far. Now, we have not had a bunch of freezing weather, but mm-hmm. we've had a lot of cool nights. And even those nights that get like 80 degrees or those days, it'll still get in the 40s at night. So we've had plenty of cold, cool weather for that. And we actually have our broccoli is actually starting to head now, which we're about. I'd say roughly three weeks before our last frost date, depending on where you, you look. So, um, you know, if that's the case, we could very well end up getting a fairly decent harvest this year. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've been pushing fertilizer hard, but that just kind of goes back to it. Like, I mean, I really like I did a video about like and I was talking about how I had to fight the urge myself to plant the peppers and the tomatoes and stuff. Cause I mean, dude, I'm sitting outside in a damn tank top, you know, and I was hot, but I knew going forward that like, that would be a really bad idea. And I even have in my, um, in my greenhouse, I still have that option to an extent to put that stuff in. And I had to make sure that I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I had to be very careful not to do that. You know, I think I uh, the likelihood of me planting too early for summer plants is probably slim because I'm generally pretty slow to pull the trigger on those just because I feel like I got one shot at this, which may not be exactly the truth. Spring. So I'm planting spring plants later. Excuse me. Summer plants later for spring. I am, you know, if I'm quite frank, there are two things that keep me from planting on time, you know. That is weather because I don't want to be outside because it's cold. Yeah. And spring projects. Yeah. You know, so I, I generally think I have no desire to plant a tomato plant in on April the 1st or April the 15th. You don't? Or April the 17th on my last frost date, average frost date. Yeah. I have no desire to plant a tomato plant then. Um, because I am planting spring things, right? You know, I think if I wasn't planting spring things, cold, hardy vegetables, I probably would have the itch. Um, so, and I don't know, this is the reminder episode. You all know this. We're reminding you of it. All right. So I think I'm going to, this is like a classic standby. Okay. Harvest early and often, man. Stop leaving that spring, especially spring stuff. Stop leaving that spring stuff in the ground, man. Get it out of your garden. You got another yeah. season to prepare for. Yeah, as you get later into the season, you're exactly right. Um, do you remember a couple episodes ago when I was talking about harvesting my cabbages successionally? And you were, what, what did you say? It's never going to happen. You're fooling yourself. And, and what have I been doing? You've been pulling like... <laughs> You know, doorknob size cabbage out of your garden <laughs> so, just to prove me and Leonard wrong. <laughs> so I, I we got this joke going on. And if you're on any social media and you see me posting an abnormal amount of cabbage plants, it's just because I'm like, I'm going to show you, Batavia. So I pulled one the other day um, and it, it, it was basically the size of, I'd say, an 18th century doorknob. We'll give it that. <laughs> One that you used to have, you need a skeleton key yeah, to open. Yeah. yeah, one of those. But um, I'm wor- I'm currently working through my winter sown cabbages that got stunted by that big freeze we had. So it's like they're not growing, they're not doing anything, but they are definitely a cabbage. So I'm harvesting these small cabbages, and Batavia calls. She's like, 
She's like, look, you can prove me wrong, but you got to stop posting all these little ass cabbages. <laughs> it's like, when did miniature cabbage become a thing? So I don't remember the episode, but I remember distinctly calling BS on it, right? Secession. It wasn't even, were you secession sowing? Yeah, you were planting in secession, which in turn, your goal was to, to harvest. And I'm just like, what you said earlier in this episode, they're going to catch up, you know? And he's like, I think I could do it. And so now you didn't even say anything, but I saw there are two, there are two like pitiful <laughs> cabbage pictures out there or videos or something on your channel or on your Instagram. And I'm looking at it like, you know, talk about somebody holding a grudge about saying something. <laughs> I can't believe he's going public with this to try to prove me wrong because nobody else knows that's what you're doing. And I'm sitting here like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got to have fun with it, you know, and I'm looking, I've got four out there right now mm-hmm. and I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, so I've been growing uh, the Copenhagen market cabbage, which is a noticeably smaller head of cabbage. Anyways, but these are even smaller than they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. but they're just not growing. So I'm like, I'm going to take, I, I, I get excited. I look at them like, here comes another picture. I can feel it. I can feel it. But you're right. They are small, but hopefully when we get to these bigger ones, they will be all right. But yeah, I'm on like two or three now. So, um, but they're small enough to where we can't make any kind of like ferment them or anything. We just have to eat them. But, um, you know, that's the whole thing is if it's not growing, Get it out mm-hmm. of there. Mm-hmm. Pull it mm-hmm. out. You know, if it's starting to bolt, get rid of it. What good is, unless you want to collect the seeds, which I'm going to get forewarn you about collecting the seeds. That plant is going to get way bigger and oh, stay in your garden so much longer. Before you go there, though. Oh, that's such a good one. And it's not on my list, but I, I immediately have a picture of the, are you serious? Like three <laughs> feet tall, three feet yeah. wide. Um, so the small cabbage. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess maybe a part of this is going to encourage people to (laughs) harvest cabbage the size of Ben's cabbage. 18th century doorknobs. That's your goal. Yeah, I I think that's what I'm suggesting. (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, depending on the volume you're you're planting, you're going to hit, you know, a a sweet spot in that you're going to start getting a lot of things out of your garden. Right. You know, and so don't get stuck with a whole bunch of vegetables that you don't know what to do with and you could have been enjoying them earlier you know so i think that's the bit that's the bit we're gonna go with it yeah so i got yeah i've got another cabbage that looks like it wants to split i don't know what it's doing but we're gonna get it out soon so everybody stay tuned for another batavia proved you wrong photo <laughs> you know what though? What I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need the picture that's not sitting next to the dirt. I'm gonna need to see that that cabbage is being consumed before it's consumed. Clearly, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm gonna need some proof that this just isn't going to the kit, uh, the chickens, because that doesn't count. Well, I don't give them to the chickens. I can tell you that. No, I'm not mm-hmm. one of those guys. So, what do you want me to do? Cook it and post a picture? You gotta figure it out. I'm just telling you that. I actually am now not even giving credit for those two that you showed me that's, that you posted. That's sad. Uh huh. I'm grading on a curve here. I uh, we had that little doorknob cabbage the other day. I told Kelly, I was like, I don't even know what. It, well, first of all, I give it to her. I was like, I got you a cabbage, and she's like, Oh, it's so cute. I'm like, <laughs> typical female response. And I was like, Okay, it is cute. She's like, How do we eat it? It's not even big enough. And I was like, Just boil it. 
She didn't know if she liked boiled cabbage, and I gave it to my son. He was like, "This is really good," mm. and I was like, "Just wait." You know what though? And that's like, actually what do you mean? in, in all like, seriousness. That's wait. a great He came back from school next day. He's like, "Daddy, that cabbage made me fart." <laughs> Sorry, we had a. What were you uh, saying? We overlapped there. There was a delay, so yeah, we overlapped we there. And the Matrix, the Garden Matrix. So I was uh, going to say that's actually a really good one for something like if you want to use it for shredded, um, if you want to do shredded cabbage for like tacos or something, you know, it's such a small head. You know that's what, I'm what we did with the other one is we made cilantro tacos. There it is. Uh-huh. Look at there. Cilantro cabbage slaw chipotle tacos or something. It was good. <sighs> He told me I'll be ready to record in 30 minutes. And I was like, I'll just wait to eat lunch. You know better than that. Uh-huh. I'm working on something, though. I need to be hung- hungry a little bit longer. I had some oatmeal this morning and I said, like, I've had what I think is a pretty good oatmeal. Like, I mean, there, there ain't no great oatmeal out there. Stop lying to yourselves. And I was like, I'm lying to myself this morning. Like, this is like blah. Yeah. You know, it was oatmeal with a little bit of honey and some bananas and, um, and strawberries and so now it's both the physical and the mental now it's kind of like i had this kind of you know ordinary breakfast and so i have all these dreams of a great lunch so i'm here stuck um and i was thinking about tacos for lunch although i don't have any doorknob size cabbage to add to it i can hook you up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i can hook Clearly. you up yeah um one of the ones that i struggle to plant later is uh okra so, you know, because it, it's got to be pretty warm soil for that. So I, I really do struggle with getting that in at the right time. And that and sweet potatoes. Those are the other ones that I struggle with. Me, meaning you plant them later than you plant. Wait, what's the struggle? Remind waiting me. to plant them, like actually mm. like waiting it out. You know, because once my first frost date comes in my area, we can be easily in the 80s, high 80s, and then, you know, 50s at night. So it can just like go, like winter can just like disappear completely. Um, but for for some of these things like that, you, you do want to wait for the soil to warm up more. Mm-hmm. And um, I do struggle with getting things in the ground, which is why I'm planning on planting okra in my greenhouse this year. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to cross my fingers on that one. I don't know how it's going to work. So any mistakes that you have left? Uh, I think this is, it's like maybe 20% spring, you know, 80% fall. Um, Like direct sowing instead of starting inside. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of things that I can direct. sow that I kind of like, I really would prefer to let nature take its course outside and then I get to, and it's troubling for spring because again, your window is shorter for some of these crops. Then I get outside and it's kind of like, Oh sure. I wish I would have had a six week head start on this. Yeah. You know? Um, so again, primarily that's a mistake I make for summer. Cause you reminded me of it when you said okra, cause I've you know, had mixed results with direct sowing or, um, starting from seed indoors. Um, but also there are a couple of summer crops, bok choy, which, excuse me, spring crops, bok choy is something that I prefer to grow in the kind of mid to late spring. And I always forget to start them inside. And so I end up direct sowing them and it's kind of like, 
oh, wait, why is this going to seed already? Yeah. You know, I haven't had one stir fry yet, you know. Um, so in that case, I basically direct sowed it. All in all, it's later than my temperatures really want. By the time it starts to really get some growth, it's bolting because the warm weather is here to stay. Whereas if I would have yeah. started it indoors, yeah, for as me, an example, I would have had that hit start and I could have gotten some harvest. What would be some good direct sowing crops for spring, do you think? Uh, I mean, there's the ones that come to mind are absolutely recommended and you really don't want to start them. So like peas. Yeah. Any of the peas are ones that you want to direct sow. I think radishes like they're most of them are such short term i think you need to be direct sowing them versus starting them from seed especially because you're also transplanting a root crop if you start them from seed indoors um yeah i did um i did turnips by transplants this year for the first time mm-hmm. um and because i was the same way i did actually I did it both ways and it actually worked out pretty good believe it or mm-hmm. not uh radishes i wouldn't do that for i mean you know, if you want to go back to like our high value crop situation, like that's just not a high value. That's not worth the time, in my opinion, to start it. Because, I mean, what are you going to get? You're going to get a, a radish the size of like, you know, a 50 cent piece, if you know what that is, if you're old enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's not worth it. But um, I think carrot, I mean, obviously carrots are another one that like they have to be direct seeded. But it's interesting too when we talk about these and it, this just came to mind you know the temperature requirements for germination for some of these can be very different than normal you know um like carrots uh spinach won't even germinate if it's over 80 degrees so I have some spinach under lights now that i feel like i'm probably i should probably be transplanting it like next week i have spinach that you know overwintered that's in the garden really um Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of spots. There was a space in my garden last year that I just sold. And so after I pulled out my spring transplants, they had grown. And I tried to re-sow that area like nothing took. I just kept on re-sowing and re-sowing. And so there are a couple of spinach seeds that clearly was around. And uh, volunteer lettuce seeds that I can see from my window. It's like, hey, there's greenery. Yeah. Um, so I say that to say, like, all, obviously they've had some time to kind of set roots, so they're different than my transplants, but my weather would tolerate spinach now. Yeah, I've actually got spinach growing this year. Um, it's the first time that I've actually, since I've been in this garden, had this, you know, the privilege of having spinach actually grow uh, from germination out in the yard and um, I'm pretty happy with it and I, I posted a little reel or short or whatever you want to call it these days um, and I was saying in it like if I get one harvest off of this like one decent harvest like I'm happy you know and it, it's for me the message is like you know keep your gardening goals real mm-hmm. you know what I mean like don't trip you know just because I have the spinach growing right now doesn't mean I'm going to be harvesting it until July. I mean, you have to understand that it's going to bolt. It's going to create issues and it's not going to, you know, it may not work the way you want it to. So just let it grow, enjoy what you can and then move on from it. Um, That's something that I've struggled with for a really long time is just being like, 
having a goal in my garden, you know, especially when it comes to harvesting something, Mm -hmm. but it being a very unrealistic goal. So for instance, the other day I had some cabbage plants left over that I didn't sell. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll plop them in the garden. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope that I get that row of cabbage to, you know, grow to fruition, but I don't expect it to. You know what I mean? Like it's doing its job. It's working the soil for me. It's going to be there. It's a place saver. So then the weeds won't take over and stuff like that. But you need to be very realistic about what your goals are and what is going to happen and come out of your garden. And I think it happens over time too. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that just all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, no matter what I'm going to get it. You know, you know, year after year after growing certain crops, how they're going to perform for you. So it's like I planted carrots, I seeded carrots about a month ago I don't expect to get them to harvest until around June. Mm. So, but I know that, you know what I mean? Like ultimately, yeah, I would love to get them in like April, but that's not going to happen. They're not even close. (laughs) I'm I'm about as far off from that as I can get. I had some roasted carrots yesterday and I was just like, oh gosh, I would love to have these in the garden real quick. I took this picture. I forgot to send it to you. Five ounces of baby spinach, uh, organic baby spinach, $2.99. A container. Yeah. Five ounces. Five ounces. Uh huh. 16 ounces. Again, organic, same brand. $5.99. So $2.99 for five ounces, $5.99 for 16 ounces. Clearly, there's an opportunity to pay less per ounce. But that's freaking wild. Right? You know, and the part that I kind of, I'm trying to get my head around how I want to articulate it. But Every time you go to the grocery store, the vegetables are ready for you. Yeah. Like they're there and you can put them in your cart and bring them home. You know, so if I don't have any grocery, any vegetables in my refrigerator right now, then I don't have any. When I go to the store, everything that I purchase is ready to use. Um, and it's much easier to plan meals around that and such. The And this is a throwback to last week's episode. When you're getting certain things out of your garden, really, really creates that struggle back to the previous point of, should I just go ahead and harvest it now? You know, like, I feel like I'm always waiting until like the thing, I want to wait until the thing is fully mature. Right. You know, and. It's got to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I want it to be fully mature. I want to have a bunch of a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Not all of the things, but a bunch of a thing, like make it worth my while. And I just I, I can't figure out how to not do that. But I don't think that that's the way for me. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense because we are trained to the way things are supposed to look. And we want that to be the exact same. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like last night, my wife came to me and she goes, uh, we need lettuce for salads I said okay I went out to the greenhouse and I was looking and I was like all right we got some lettuce and it's all starting to bolt in the greenhouse um and I pulled it and I was like you know I was looking at it I was like man this stuff just ain't pretty Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because it was starting Mm -hmm. to stretch out and bolt and stuff like that the taste hadn't really changed much but um I looked at it and I was like well I'm not gonna get it I was like you know what no I'm gonna eat it like we're gonna eat this just because it ain't pretty like once you chop it up and you put it in the cell, you can't tell mm-hmm. what the plant looked like. 
you know, and it's the same thing with lettuce and stuff like that. Like, yes, we can all eat baby greens. I know it's a big thing, but overall, like, so what if you don't get a full head of lettuce, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get a half a head of lettuce, whatever. It almost feels wasteful to not let the thing get to where it's trying to get to. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's a screwy mindset. Um, but it's very hard for me to let that thing go. Like you grew ahead of, you're growing ahead of lettuce from a seed. That's probably, I mean, what is it like an nth of a penny? You know, <laughs> like, you know, all right, throw some water in there. Like, you know, did she spend like, I don't know, 10 cents for this head of lettuce? I don't have the math there, but you guys get the point that I'm trying to make here. And so now I feel like if I don't let this lettuce get to a full head, somehow I'm wasting the 10 cents that I would have spent on this if it got to it. Like it, it, it seems silly when I start to talk it out. But it doesn't stop me from looking at it and saying, well, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. That goes back to the listener question we had about not Mm -hmm. harvesting. One of my favorite questions that makes me uncomfortable, but it's a favorite because I'm not alone. (laughs) You're definitely not alone. There's a lot of people like that. And I think that's okay. And I think that when it comes down to it, it's just, it's all about, I mean, again, it's curbing your expectations of what you can produce out of your garden. I mean. Can you produce a perfect head of lettuce? Of course you can. But can your, is your head of lettuce, your perfect head of lettuce going to be ready when you're ready to eat it? Maybe not. So would you rather get in your car and drive to the store (laughs) to go get a perfect head of lettuce? Or would you rather have a semi-perfect head of lettuce? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, it's this weird mentality that we have. And I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I get it. I get it completely. I mean... As we're looking, as I'm looking at the other lettuce outside, I'm like, damn, I'd like to have some romaine lettuce. I, you know, I don't personally like buttered leaf lettuce or leaf lettuce or whatever. Um, I can't remember what I have, but it's like the soft leaves. What is that called? Mm-hmm. Kind of floppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that lettuce, but that's what mm-hmm. I've been having to eat. So, yeah, the uh, the part around. I, I, I will probably struggle for, with this for years to come. And maybe if I was gardening more of the year, maybe it would be different. Maybe not. It's like we, I used to go to the grocery store and then stop off, you know, on the way home for fast food because I just don't have the patience. I'm so hungry. Yeah. You know? I, I don't have the patience to put up food and actually cook a meal. It's so silly, but I used to do it all the time. And it, I may still do it. Um, you know, it's the putting it off, putting it off until you really want the thing. And when you really want the thing, has it already bolted? Right. You know, um, do you need to really, and I hate to use the term force yourself, but do you need to push yourself to say, you're growing food to be consumed. It's out there. Go ahead. Cause you're going to, I can't think of a time where I've made something from the garden and I was just like, oh no, I wish I would have done something different. I wish I would have, you know, got some takeout. I wish I would have left this in the garden and waited. I mean, there are more often than not times where I'm just like, oh, this thing is, is gone too long. You know, this ochre is woody as an example. Um, this letter is, lettuce has become bitter. Um, it's probably on the other end. I'm never regretting eating something when it's, you know, earlier than whatever the full maturity is. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that's more on a personal note for me. You know, I figured, out a way, I, I figured out a way to um, fix the bitter lettuce situation. You know, when it's bolting and it's, you know, mm-hmm. bitter and everything. Um, there's a way to fix that. You know that, right? That's the only time I get my permission, myself permission to pull something out of the garden. So I don't want to fix it. 
Yeah. All you do is you just put extra salad dressing on it. <laughs> that's it. All right, everybody, you heard it here. Oh, there you go. There's a big bang for you on the mic. Everybody, uh, join us on the Backyard Gardens Community Garden on Facebook. Did I say it right? Look mm, at there. I'm getting so. there. Yeah. We just hit 200 people, so uh, come join the club. Come see us on Patreon. And check all of our affiliate links below to help you in your gardens and uh, help the show out. And until next time, everybody, continue to learn to grow and grow for change. See you with some creamy dressing on the bitter lettuce. <laughs> now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.